0: Ron Van Dam likes to treat every listener as someone with whom he is having an intimate, personal relationship. Although no money changes hands, there are fewer sticky bodily fluids, about half as many apologies, and he probably won't have to get rid of your body in the long run. Other than that, it's a pretty standard relationship for Ron. You're listening to The Ron Van Dam Show. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Thank you. What do you want? Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing.
1: What do you want from me? You're expecting a lot for free, you know what I'm saying? Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Dam Show. I'm the person to whom they refer to in the title. I'll be with you for about a half an hour, and then, magically, I will not be. I don't promote the uh, use of alcohol for a beverage, but it does somehow enhance the enjoyment of this program. Is this show appropriate for children? Nothing's appropriate for children. I suggest you get them out of the room quickly. I'll wait. Come on, seriously, get them out. Oh, God. I don't even think dogs should listen to this show. <laughs> I'm not sure it's even healthy for them. Uh, I have a curiosity with dog food and cat food. This is gonna get a little weird. I'm warning you. I see these television commercials where dogs are going crazy for this dog food. They like you know, the the owner <laughs> it's the horrible term. To you I, I love my pet, I love my dog, I love my cat. I own you. That's a horrible thing. What if you said that to a human? Yeah, I know. There was a whole there was a history of that being not good. I love you, dear. I love you with all my heart because I own you. No, that's not right. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't work. But we own our pets because we paid for them. Anyway, um, so in the commercial, uh, this, uh, this uh, owner, this is a man, woman, whatever. Uh, puts a bowl of dog food on the floor. By the way, when's the last time you ate off the floor? I know, I know. Anyway, <laughs> last night, right? Anyway, so the, the uh, oh, the story's taking forever. So uh, the, uh, in the commercial, the, uh, the, the dog owner person uh, puts the, uh, the, the dog food bowl on, on the floor, and the dog all of a sudden runs over like in total euphoria. And, and just starts eating that food up like a vacuum cleaner. Same with a cat. Do you ever see a cat run toward a bowl of food? They don't give a shit. You know, they know they're going to eat it eventually. Um, they don't care. They just, um, cats have a wonderful attitude. Humans should take on that attitude. You know, you know that phrase, whatever. That's what a cat's uh, mantra is. You know? Hey, hey, cat! Let's let's play. Let's. Uh, it's time to feed you. Uh, whatever. Who cares? Go, go play with yourself. I. I don't. You know. Whatever. That's the cat's attitude, That is it's so freaking cool. A dog's the opposite. You know. Let's play. Uh, okay. Time for time. Time to eat. Okay. Total opposite of a cat. I guess I'm a cat person, but I don't have cats. I have dogs, and I do love dogs. So I, I don't know. I like cats too. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't fear a dog clawing my eyes out. A cat, yeah, I think they could do that. Anyway, so the dog food bowl goes down on the floor. The dog runs over and devours the food. And and I'm wondering in my mind why? How tasty is that really? <laughs> You know, the dog food, especially the the, the wet food, what do they call that? Wet food or the canned food, I think they call it. That comes in very, it's like turkey and cheese flavored. There's uh, beef stew, the beef stew dog food, carefully prepared by our chefs in the kitchen. It's a savory beef stew. (laughs) The dog doesn't care. The dog eats manure. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> dog, what would you like? A, a, a lump of, of day-old turd sitting on the ground or a delicious dog food beef stew? And I think the dog would say, I'll, I'll go for the turd. I, I don't know. <laughs> So I don't understand this. (laughs) There was a a food uh, on the dog food shelf, and it was uh, salmon with brown rice. And I thought, I I could open this up and eat this, although the price of the dog food's getting pretty close to the cost of human food, i would be honest with you. But I'm thinking, does my dog really appreciate the salmon and the brown rice, or is it just another lump of food I, I suspect it's another lump of food because I smelled the, the salmon and the brown rice uh, d- uh, dog food. didn't smell like salmon and brown rice at all. It smelled like nothing. So my curiosity um, does the best of me. I, I must say, I was doing a radio program in the Boston area. I was the um, morning show host. I did a, Three- or four-hour program. I can't remember what because that was a while ago. I think it was a three-hour program uh, every single weekday morning. And we were talking about this, and I brought in a can of cat food. And we opened it up, and the producer was there, my good friend uh, Steve and uh steve mason and we opened it up and and i uh, said i'm, I'm going to try the cat food and he said ron you're crazy which is you know that just it goes hand in hand with comments about me and i actually tasted the cat food realizing it's not going to kill me you know and i tasted it and it was it was it was junk it was horrible um and then i realized that uh, animals they don't you know stop with the commercials with the people in the kitchen making these savory cat food and the savory dog food because it just doesn't. <laughs> I think it's, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the dog food. It comes in a little plastic cup. Uh, I can't remember, and I don't care to look it up. And um, they had a flavor, and it was the filet mignon in gravy. And I thought, um, you know, is this supposed to attract my dog to the dog bowl. And you know what I realized? No, it's supposed to attract me to buy the food off the shelf. Filet mignon dog. Oh, it was Little Caesar. No, Little Caesar. That's the pizza. It was Caesar or something like that. I I, I don't know. I think that was the brand. I really don't know. Little Caesar is a pizza, right? Pizza, pizza. Stupid, stupid commercial. Little Caesar pizza. Did you ever have that shit? Oh, my God. It's like it's been run over by a car. Um, it's not just pizza. It's pizza, pizza. It should be pizza, 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 pizza. It still wouldn't taste any better. But it's cheap. And if you don't have a lot of money, that's your pizza. Anyway, um, yeah, it was, I think it was Caesar's was the name of it. Uh, 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 Julius Caesar, right? Yeah. <laughs> Caesar has like, uh, really, you know, Caesar, uh, you know, I I am Caesar, and I pronounce, and I declare the filet mignon dog food for you, pizza,
2: pizza,
1: this uh, great uh, person in history apparently is only known now for cheap pizza, anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I tried the cat food. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible, but I certainly wouldn't eat it again. It was like a, ugh. I think because psychologically I couldn't get the cat food thing out of my head. Had it said people food, I might have actually enjoyed it with a little bit of lettuce. I really don't know. Savory beefs that your dog will enjoy. The savory. And then they show the little uh, aroma. Things looking like a, like aroma smoke coming up from the bowl, which it really doesn't do, but on the commercials it shows, you know, the aroma of the fine cooking is so great that it wafts into the air. <laughs> Dogs come from miles away, <laughs> you know, they show this stuff and we're supposed to buy it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Oh, quick, what day is this? No, so you don't know. You didn't know. This is uh Wednesday, right? No, no, I thought it was Sunday. What day is this, Bob? I'm I'm in I'm in here. Bob works at the one of those drive-thrus. Uh, he's the guy on the speaker. That's the way he actually talks. Anyway. I have an interesting guest coming up a little bit later in the program. I hope you're here still. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a call yesterday and, uh, tried to freak me out. I think that's what, I think that's what she was trying to do. She's trying to freak me out. And she said to me, Ron, uh, read this article, the, uh, Canadian something, not the, not the Mounties. What a horrible name for a police department, huh? The Canadian Mounties. Seriously, anyway, um, the uh, Canadian Board of Health uh, came out with a statement and said, "If you drink alcohol at all, it's bad for your heart and they suggest the Canadian Board of Health is saying that uh, we suggest are that you drink only two alcoholic beverages per week if you have to drink at all okay um. Someone's out of touch. Either it's me or them, and I think it's them. Um, I thought they were going to say only two drinks a day, and I thought I, I would think, "Ooh, ooh you really, you really put me in a box here." Um, no, it's two drinks a week for men and women. Uh, otherwise, it's problems for your organs. I think I kind of knew that, but what the? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, and, and she was, she was, uh, you know, she was out of her mind. She Says, "I'm never going to drink again." I said, no, that's right. "I've said that a few times in my life, quite a few times." Uh, don't do anything in excess is the is the thing. But are you to shelter yourself from having a good time or having a good feeling? Are you never to alter your mind at all and have to put up with reality twenty four seven for your entire life? I don't think so. I don't think there's any culture ever existing on this planet that didn't have a little taste of the something every once in a while, if you know what I mean. I think every civilization spent most of their time just sitting on the floor getting high. I'm telling you, I think that's true. I don't know because I refuse to Google things anymore, but my assumption is, is most likely without question correct. do things in moderation if you're going to do them at all. Uh, But the Canadian health uh, department, if this is the true story or not, she says it is, I have no reason to disbelieve, but it freaked her out. She says, Oh my God, my body's going to be destroyed if I have another drop of alcohol. And of course the answer to that is, well, that's way too late. (sighs) Because through most of my life, I had read, that drinking a glass of red wine a day is perfectly fine, even good for your digestion, and has that Reservatol or Amonatol or pocketol or whatever that stuff is, resveratrol, Man, which is supposed to be good for your heart. Um, and now uh, they're saying, and I hate to use that term, there. But now uh, people are uh, uh, well, nutritionists are saying, no, that's that's not true. That was never. Why is the wine industry so uh, <laughs> so strong? Is it like the gun lobby? Where my God, don't ever tell them an alcohol is bad. Ever, no, the wine industry will die. I, I don't. I don't think it's got the power, the lobby power of the NRA. Or, or or the cell phone manufacturers, or or Google, or anything like that. And my response to her was, uh, "Honey," and I don't call her honey often. I just do it when I want to be condescending. And I didn't do it because uh, she is a female. I will call. I will say, "Honey," even to a man in order to be sarcastically condescending, even to them. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, someday, I I believe it'll happen within a decade, probably within five years, some country will come out saying cell phone use is causing cancer. I know it's going to happen. There's no way that these little devices that we put up to our faces, carrying it in our pockets or near our tits, I know, that was a practice for a while, women putting their cell phones in their bra. I mean... Uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but that's got to be the stupidest thing to do ever. <sighs> I'm sure a report's going to come out saying that uh, cell phones uh, cause cancer, and um, sorry we didn't tell you before. Uh, do you remember smoking? Remember the cig- Remember cigarettes? I know a lot of you. I think Generation P and Generation W don't even know what cigarettes are. Everybody used to smoke them. It was the law. The army and the military in this country uh, during World War II and previously were sending cigarettes to the troops uh, because it was uh, felt that cigarettes will calm you down a bit. Yeah, the, the government was providing cigarettes to their soldiers, And now you know that cigarette smoking at any level will give you all kinds of wonderful cancers that you can't even imagine. And people have pretty much stopped. Some still smoke because it's very difficult to stop or it can be very enjoyable. Um, The younger people figure, well, you know, whatever. Older people know, no, this is going to kill me and it has killed a lot of people. But cigarette smoking in this country and across the world, and still across the world, very, very popular, not in the United States anymore, greatly. Uh, but that has stopped. And and the, and the response by the United States was, um, sorry, sorry, um, uh, sorry. But the reason that cigarettes were never really, really uh, stamped out previously, even though they put uh, warning labels on cigarette packs, which did a hell of a lot of good, um, the reason was that the cigarette lobby was so hugely powerful, and that's the bottom line. When you have an industry that is so that is has embedded themselves into the lives of every single walking human being, the NRA is powerful, but they don't. Not everybody owns a gun. I'm, I'm talking about cigarettes. Very, very powerful lobby. Very powerful. Don't even touch it. Don't even say anything about them. Cell phone, can't live without it, man. Can't live without it. I need a liver, I need a brain, I need a heart, I need a kidney, I need the organs, and I need my cell phone. Um, and that's why no one talks about this. And studies are done that say, no, cell phone use is perfectly fine. Yeah, studies were done about everything and everything was perfectly fine at a point. But mark my words, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, as you deliberate into the jury room, mark my words, the reports will start coming out someday. And uh, you will see that, uh, oh my God, the cell phone use did this to me. That'll happen. So don't start with me, Canada, with your little wine thing, with your little alcohol report. <laughs> We're going to take a break, and when we come back... Well, that was enjoyable, wasn't it? (laughs) Take a break. When we come back, uh, my guest will be joining us. But until that time arrives, I have this uh, little word of advice for you in a commercial form.
0: Give the gift that says, I love you. The gift that says, happy birthday. The gift that says, get well soon. The gift that says, you're the reason I went into the priesthood. The gift that says, congratulations on not getting indicted. The gift that says, I want to cover you in warm chocolate pudding. The gift that says, good luck in clown college. The gift that says, thanks for removing my unsightly wart. The gift that says, sorry about giving you food poisoning. The gift that says, I'll see you in hell. The gift that says, remember the good times we had in prison. The gift that says, I want to make sweet love to you on the white sand beaches of Rio while your hot cousin watches. The gift that says, thank you for the kidney. The gift that says, you deserve all the best, but this will have to do. The gift that says, thanks, Jesus. Whatever you want to say, you can say it beautifully with a timeless gift from Phyllis Gorman's House of Macaroni Art. On Route 94, just past the Rotary, across from Sweaty Palmer's Adult Emporium.
1: Crystal Susher joins us now. She's a digital marketing uh, specialist. And so much more with uh, the American Eagle Foundation. Uh, Tori uh, told us about you, uh, Crystal, and uh, Mm -hmm. she's she's fascinated by what you do. Uh, This this is an organization uh, to protect eagles. Is it the American Eagle specifically?
2: It's all birds of prey, actually. Oh, very Um, good. So, yeah, we care for about, we are a nonprofit organization that Mm -hmm. cares for about 63 Different types of birds of prey that can no longer survive in the wild on their own. Mm-hmm. In addition to um, using the uh, bald eagle cams as a platform to educate mm-hmm. um, you know, the public, right.
1: and uh, there are apparently there are various locations across the country where there are are cameras set up, live cameras, live web cameras, where Correct. people can actually watch uh, uh, the life of an eagle or or a nest. Uh, this is what Tori was was fixated on for the longest time, and she kept telling us about it. Um, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. How long have you been doing this?
2: Um, I have actually been with the foundation since 2013, but I've nice. been watching Bald Eagle cams on my own since 2008. Wow.
1: What what is the situation with uh, with the eagles specifically, and of course, other birds of prey? Is this a, a uh, is this an effort to keep things normal, or are we in a bad situation as as far as the numbers are concerned?
2: Uh, as far as the numbers are concerned, in Florida, we're actually at saturation levels, so the population right. of bald eagles is doing very very well in Florida. Very good. Uh,
1: yes, but in other parts of the country, not necessarily.
2: Um, there are some parts of the country that are still um, the population is not what it should mm-hmm. be, um, and that's due to habitat loss and things like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, w- what about as far as hunting is concerned? I mean, in many situations, that causes great problems with the population. Is that uh, affected in this situation?
2: Um, some bald eagles. There are a there is a, a demographic of bald eagles that um, of, that are still being shot. Mm-hmm. And they're still widely one of the most persecuted birds. Yeah. Um, lead shot is a major problem for for what we see in rehab sit- settings, where they will eat a gut pile that has uh, lead shot in it, and um, it, it can cause them to die very quickly, and just with a very little amount. Um, sometimes we can get them in time to treat them, and. Uh, but that that treatment is very expensive. And sometimes the lasting effects, the neurological lasting effects cause them to be in a rehabilitation mm-hmm. setting for the rest of their lives. So they become ambassadors and um, you know educational ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So we try to we try to do what we can as far as placing them with other organizations or within our organization. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I I would assume that this is a costly venture, and that you need uh, financial support from people like ourselves and other facets.
2: Right. Um, yeah, it is very costly. Rehab is a is a costly um, venture for any rehabilitation center. Um, so back when I before I even started working with AEF, I used to do some fundraising on the side mm-hmm. to help with. Um, Offset the cost of the rehabil- rehabilitators. Mm-hmm. Um, there, a lot of them were mom and pop rehabilitators. They didn't receive any kind of funding, mm-hmm. and it, like AEF, we don't receive any kind of funding either. We are solely reliant on donations and corporate sponsorships. Right.
1: The coolest part of this, and the way to get people involved, is for them to actually look at these live webcams. Uh, tell me what we can see on on these cameras.
2: So what you would see is the uh, unscripted life of a bald eagle. So it will take you through uh, mating, courtship, nest building, hatching, um, incubation of eggs, hatching, um, raising of the eaglets, and them eventually flying off into their own world.
1: Is this focused on a, on a, a nest particularly, or is it uh, a larger uh, focus?
2: It's focused on the nest, mm-hmm. um, so we have several cams around around the country. Mm-hmm. So we have two in Florida, we have one inside of Washington DC. That's at the National Arboretum, mm-hmm. and we also feature a cat our captive nest, which is um, birds that have come into us mm-hmm. injured and can no longer survive in the wild. and they have come to our facility and have chosen. They've been put into a section called mate And um, they have chosen each other as mates and now we have given them the opportunity to live out their lives as naturally as possible, even though they can't live in the wild. So we'll build them a nest, but we'll provide materials for them to um, build up their own nest and add and fortify uh, that nest with grasses and sticks and things like that. They will do the raising of their eaglets. And once they're of a certain age and um, progression, we will release those birds into the wild. So far, we've released, as of uh, last year, we released mm-hmm. 176 bald eagles. Wow. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. There is a way for people to contribute. I know that you have uh, memberships where people can, can do that and, and then also enjoy the, the fruits of the, of the webcams as well.
2: Right. Um, the, the webcams are absolutely free, and if mm-hmm. people feel compelled to donate, that's completely up to them. We appreciate mm-hmm. any donation, big or small, um, and that can be done straight through the um, Eagle Cam site itself. So if you were to go to Eagle there is a tab along the top that features all of our live cams.
1: Mm-hmm. Would, I'm, I'm sorry, the website again? That didn't come through eagles.org eagles.org well that's simple enough yes that's you did a good job of marketing there alone I'm telling you it was it
2: was in the books way before I came along yeah
1: all right um how did you develop your 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 love for this particular situation I mean I know that uh, you know you've done other things but what what just brought you here
2: uh, well, I started off as a volunteer yeah. i started I actually lived in Chicago, Illinois yeah, and I started off as a volunteer moderator, just educating people about bald eagles yeah. and but
1: again where where did that come from? Where did that bird i mean it was
2: I've always been a a big fan of nature, mm-hmm. and my dad my dad was a very outdoorsy person, so uh-huh. I grew up outside, and I had never seen a bald eagle until I had become an adult. Mm-hmm. They were just not seen. Right and um, I, once I saw one, it was just so impactful to me that um, it developed into a passion.
1: Yeah, they're very masterful and uh, it is incredible i've uh, there's a wildlife uh, education uh, place near near the studio here, and mm-hmm. every once in a while they'll bring out owls and and, and other birds and and a yeah. bald eagle once, and it was like, wow that that just knocks you off your feet the the, it does. the amazing uh, stature of, of these birds.
2: Yeah, and and the the passion with bald eagles grew into a passion for birds of prey, mm-hmm. and so I uh, I learned to appreciate you know exactly what their role in life is out here. They're they're here for a reason, right. and um, you know that's it, they're they play an important role in our environments, and we have to be so so careful. When I learned about DDT and how we almost lost them. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was very eye opening to me, you know, using rodenticides and things like that because they are scavengers. So if you know if someone poisons a rat or mm-hmm. a mouse, and mm-hmm. another bird of prey comes along and and eats that, mm-hmm. it can cause a secondary poisoning. Mm-hmm. So it's a very chain of chain uh, uh chain effect. It,
1: it is, it is. So. It is. It's it's part of everything, and it makes I, the more humans get involved in taking care of animals, they realize they're really taking care of themselves and, and the entire system, and uh, that's really where everybody's head should be at. And I I exactly. always I always look at uh, children who are fascinated by animals uh, because that's you need that when you're growing up. You need to have an appreciation and a sensitivity towards absolutely. Toward and other, our yeah,
2: our, our bald eagle cams are great in that sense because we actually host classroom chat. For children mm-hmm. so we educate them very early on we try to get into the schools when we go on programs and do events and things like that we try to go into the schools and, and give an educational um, presentation and we talk to them about you know uh rides and yeah. um, lead poisoning just different things that that they can do you know yeah. um just doing our best to be good conservationists
1: yeah I bet everybody uh, sits there with their, their mouths drawn open at the, at the, when they when they see these these animals. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you can see them on on TV and that kind of thing, or or even maybe from a distance. But when you see them up close, it's just it's like you've never seen this before.
2: Yeah, it's a beauty yeah. that can't be described.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, Crystal, uh, thanks for doing what you do. That's for sure, and thanks for talking to us about it. And we do encourage people to take a look at these webcams and to contribute and donate because it is for a good cause. It's Eagles.
2: Absolutely. North. Can I plug one more thing Absolutely. before we go?
1: Absolutely.
2: So this year we're doing a nationwide cleanup. We're trying to get everybody, someone from every state to do host a cleanup in their area. And we're doing it on American Eagle Day, which is June 20th. And so if you would like to sign up, you can go to our website, eagles.org, and look under Take Action, and click on American Eagle Day 2020.
1: Perfect. Pleasure speaking to you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. You take care. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful. You are a treasure. He said sarcastically under his breath into a microphone so everybody could hear it. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program, but until that time arrives, I wish you peace.